Hello, I'm Jamie Ike, CEO and founder of Iconic. People regularly ask me why do we charge for our services? Well, the answer is simple. The ambition here is to build the biggest independent media platform in the world with the highest production standards. We recently introduced a brand new $7.99 pricing plan to make Iconic affordable for all. For just a couple of cups of coffee a month, you can access the world's premier media source. Take out a seven day free trial today and come and see what Iconic has to offer. This week on Right Now, did he just say snake venom? Dr. Brian Ardis joins us to talk about his now infamous conclusion that COVID-19 isn't a virus at all, but is instead a snake venom poisoning. He also tells us how the shots are designed to kill people and the monkeypox narrative is nothing more than the state, as with the AIDS epidemic, targeting the gay community. Watch the full show, including the founder of BitChute, Ray Verhey, and ritual satanic abuse campaigner, Sam Baldwin by clicking onto Iconic.com and starting a free seven-day trial. Dr. Brian Ardis rose to prominence when he publicly called out the use of the drug Remdesivir on COVID wards and described how it was killing people through kidney failure, something that many other doctors have since agreed with. It's still being used, of course. But it was his next conclusion relating to COVID and COVID jabs that shook the internet. Snake venom. Dr. Ardis, welcome back to the show. Um, can you tell us how you came to discover that the snake venom was somehow involved? Yeah, great question. So thanks again for having me on your show. Look forward to educating your audiences. This was not something I expected, of course, as I was warning the world, testifying before state reps, legislators, governments, attorneys everywhere on the use of the ill-advised drug and unproven drug remdesivir that's still being used around the world, like you mentioned. It actually started December 1st of 2021. So about eight months ago, I received a text from a, a very dear friend that's a medical doctor, an ER doctor in Odessa, Texas. He sent me a text that read, hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And I actually thought this was totally unrelated to COVID. But my initial thought process was, of course I would, Dr. Bartlett. That's Dr. Richard Bartlett. And I said, of course I would in my head. And then I wanted to know, why is he asking me this? He must know something about anti-venom I don't know because him and I have never had a conversation about rattlesnake bites or ER visits of any kind surrounding snake bites. All I did was go online to see what he knew about anti-venom that I didn't know, only to discover for the first time in my own life I did not know this, but 90% or so of all antivenoms around the world that are used for snake bites are monoclonal antibodies. And what he wanted me to realize was that I did not know this about monoclonal antibodies, which were being used as an early treatment for COVID very successfully, I might add, including by Dr. Richard Bartlett in Texas. He was uh, using this in a monoclonal infusion center that he opened and was having 100% success rate with early treatment for COVID-19 patients, thousands of them every month. I actually went on an interview similar to this and I was talking about the reasons I didn't like monoclonal antibodies and would prefer other early treatments. So in his mind, he just sent me that text knowing if I just sent him this text, Dr. Artis will do his own research and he'll come to his own conclusions that he also, me, that I also would at some point in my life, if I was if I had a life-threatening scenario like a rattlesnake bite, I would trust monoclonal antibodies in the short term to help preserve my life, which is what people were doing when they were coming to his infusion centers. 
And I, then I got it. I was like, you're right, Dr. Artis, I, or Dr. Bartlett, I would trust monoclonal antibodies. If I got bit by a rattlesnake, I didn't even know monoclonal treated snake bites or were anti-venom to begin with. My very next thought is not what Dr. Richard Bartlett had anticipated. My very next thought was that I couldn't get out of my head was if monoclonal antibodies treat venomous snake bites, why are they 100% effective as the reports were coming to me from around the world? Why were monoclonal antibodies so successful at treating a bat virus called the coronavirus uh, C19? And this is where it all started. I actually had to find out, was there any connection to the possibility that a, there might have been a suggestion by researchers that the source for Wuhan virus called coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2, was there ever a link or publication or research done that the source actually could have been from snakes instead of bats? And I couldn't believe it. Uh, if you haven't watched the documentary, Watch the Water, or the individual chapters I did with Mike Adams, the health ranger, I did a four-hour interview with Mike Adams, a five-hour interview with Stu Peters. Stu Peters turned it into a 48-minute uh, Watch the Water documentary. Uh, Mike Adams left it with all the documents. It was over 250 documents that were laying out how it is over a four-and-a-half-month period. I was digging nonstop and uncovering that the underlying root source of COVID-19 were actually spike proteins that were isolated by both Chinese researchers, French researchers in April of 2020. They found the actual spike proteins, S1 and S2, on the SARS coronavirus were actually from two snakes, the Chinese crate snake and the Chinese king cobra. And then in Italy, to find out that in Italy in June of 2020, Scientists in that whole country went through multiple cities collecting people who were testing positive for COVID-19 with PCR tests. Every single one of them, they took their blood, urine, and feces. And then they took 10 people from multiple cities who did not test positive for COVID-19 and did not have any symptoms. They found that in every single one of the COVID-19 testing positive PCR testing individuals throughout the country, every single one of them tested for multiple venoms from snakes and from shellfish. In fact, they published, peer-reviewed and published a study. It actually took till October of 2021 to get published, but it is peer-reviewed, it is approved, it is published. They found 20 different snake venom components inside of COVID-19 patients, and they found zero in the negative PCR testing patients around the different cities in Italy. They also found 16 different shellfish venoms that are called conotoxins, they're actual little uh, snails, marine snails. We've all found their shells on the beaches around the world. But these little conotoxin snails have very lethal, very toxic venom in them. There were 15 different types of conotoxins found in the blood, urine, and feces of COVID-19 patients also. And a singular starfish venom that was called the crown of thorn starfish. So there was evidences that COVID-19 was set up weaponizing venoms, calling it the spike protein. They actually isolated two different sources of venoms to represent the spike proteins in two different countries, China and France. And then in Italy, they found 20 different snake venom components actually in COVID-19 patients. Uh, this is where this was leading me down this hole of discovery with the venoms. And then I started to realize and wonder, are they using weaponized venom then that's been confirmed by Italy study and researchers? 
Is it possible that they're using snake venom in the shots? And could that explain all of the adverse events being reported around the world of myocarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, Bell's palsy, like you see in Justin Bieber and others? So I decided to look into what were some of the first thing I wanted to know was, is there anything I've heard since the vaccines have come out? That is odd, extremely different and rare that I've never heard before. I have studied vaccines for 20 years and have decided not to vaccinate any of my kids for the last 20 years. My oldest is 21 and I have five. So this has been a long time coming. I went online to look up. I remember hearing out of Canada, there was a British of Columbia doctor named Charles Hoff, H-O-F-F-E. And back in the summer of 2021, he reported that he did a a medical test on his mRNA vaccinated patients. 60% of them came back positive with elevated levels of what he called D-dimers. And I remember thinking, I don't know what D-dimers are. So in this midst of discovery, I was wondering uh, about the venom aspect of COVID. All I did was look up, is there, what's the, what is it that medical doctors and lab technicians are trained to look for when they see elevated D-dimers on a blood test? And what came up was a Medscape article online. It's an online uh, medical journal. Daily, they publish articles surrounding medicine around the world and research studies. In November of 2019, they had a published article on their site. It was the first thing that came up. They actually disclosed, and the title of their article, article is, How to Interpret Elevated D-Dimer Levels. And it has five bullet points. And the first four bullet points in this article, right on the top, are this is what medical doctors and lab technicians are looking for. Five bullet points in total. The first four just describe various kinds of blood clots that can be in the body with elevated D-dimers. For example, a deep vein thrombosis, which could be like a deep leg clot. Pulmonary embolism is one of them. So a clot in your lungs. It also talks about micro blood clots throughout the body or in the brain to lead to strokes. And then the fifth bullet point is the only thing that represents a substance that could get into the body to cause coagulation to lead to elevated D-dimers. And I couldn't believe it when I read it. It actually states snake venom poisoning. And all of a sudden, I had this horrible feeling. So I decided if it's true elevated D-dimers that Charles Hoff is reporting is occurring in 60% of his COVID-19 mRNA vaccinated patients, if that can be caused by poisoning and evidence of that, all I wanted to know first was who created the mRNA vaccines. So I went online, and this is all in the last eight months. I went online and I wanted to know who created these shots? And to my shock, I actually had no idea who it was. It was actually two scientists at the University of Pennsylvania, and their names are Drew Weisman and Cataline Carrico. These two people are co-credit creating the mRNA technology for these vaccines. All I did was this. Now I've got D-dimers can be caused by snake venom poisoning. As declared by Medscape, I look up on I look up who created these shots. It's Drew Wiseman and Cataline Carrico at the University of Pennsylvania. And then I type in my internet search, those two names, Drew Wiseman and Cataline Carrico. And then I wanted to know one thing. Do they do research using snake venom? So I typed in their two names and snake venom research was the rest of the search title. Hit enter. 
the very first study that pops up is on the NIH's website. It is a study where Catalina Carrico and Drew Wiseman are doing mRNA gene editing therapy. And this study from 2009 is being funded by Anthony Fauci at the NIAID department. I find a study in 2009, this is when this type of studies were started. Then 2011, they duplicated it. 2012, they did it again. 2014, they did it again. 2016 again. And in every single one of the research studies, I go through this. I went through this with Stu Peters. I went through this with Mike Adams, the health ranger. And every single one of the studies that these two people that made the mRNA COVID-19 shots, every research study since 2009 that they have been funded by Anthony Fauci to do mRNA gene editing therapy, they actually disclose that the methodology, how they set up this study is they use a substance to cut RNA and DNA to insert some mRNA they're trying to get into that genetic tissue. And the, and the thing they're using to cleave or cut RNA and DNA in every single, the re, single one of these research studies was snake venom phosphodiesterase. I didn't know what snake venom phosphodiesterase. All I knew was all of a sudden these two people who have created the cocaine shots that are actually being paid by Anthony Fauci for right now, at least 15 years or 13 years, to do mRNA gene editing therapy to cut the genetic material in their technology and in their vaccines since 2009 in the labs and in vivo, in the bodies of animals. They have been using snake venom phosphodiesterase, a component of snake venom that pre-digests the inside of your organs in a body of a prey, human being, animal, doesn't matter. They're using this snake venom substance that does that. And this is how it is I came to realize there is a real possibility that these individuals either are using the exact same natural resource, snake venom phosphodiesterase, that damages genetic material to do mRNA therapy, or they are using a synthetic form of snake venom phosphodiesterase, and that's what's inside the shots. And now I worry that the evidence of the elevated D-dimers, all these massive amounts of clots we're seeing around the world that are being removed from people dying after the vax or after they receive the COVID-19 injections. I absolutely worry that there is snake venom components, not most likely in all of the lots, but in all of those, um, you're, you're obviously playing right in my opinion. You don't know which lots you're getting anyway, but uh, exactly. I'm yeah. very, very concerned that there could be snake venom components inside these shots based on the clinical research done by the individuals who created these shots. In, in terms of when, when, um, when COVID uh, you know, appeared um, in the beginning of 2020, how, in terms of the snake venom, would you think that that would, would get into people? Because obviously, it's, it's, you know, we're told it's, it's a virus, and obviously that, that doesn't work for snake venom. So how, how do you think that they, they got that into people? Because I get it with the shots, I completely yeah. get that. Oh, yeah. This is actually the very first question when I flew up to see Stu Peters for, <laughs> I just needed to look for security because I could feel this impending doom on releasing this information. I wasn't the only one that figured this out. Uh, Dr. Bing Liu was a researcher at the University of, Pencil at University of Pittsburgh. In May of 2020, his research team were analyzing blood samples of people who died in the New York hospitals early on with COVID. And he, he was a press release and disclosed their findings after several months. 
uh, he was going to disclose in the preprint documents and research paper showed that Bing Liu as the lead author at the University of Pittsburgh found that what was separating people who got mild cases of COVID from those who had moderate and ended up in hospitals and died, there was something very different between the two groups. Those who were really sick and ending up in hospitals and dying had snake venom peptides in their body. And so he was going to do a press release to make sure people understood this was actually a mortality factor and risk factor for disease. The night before the press release, he ends up murdered in his home and it was worldwide news. So this wasn't something that I just came up with on my own. This was very concerning that when I came across this guy's info that he was murdered and they threw it all around the media as a love affair triangle. No, we all knew that was a lie. This is a massive cover up. That's when I wanted to go talk to Stu Peters, who had a, a bounty hunting past as a bounty hunter. And I wanted to know, I, I really am concerned that when I come to the world with this information and release it, I'm really worried that uh, something might attempt to happen on my life. And when I went to go visit with Stu, Stu looked at me to answer your question. He asked me, he goes, well, Dr. Harris, if they're using venom and they're weaponizing snake venom peptides, he goes, how do you think they're distributing it to people and making people sick? And I said, I believe they're putting it in the water and I think we're drinking it. And he goes, you mean like our city water? And I said, it's exactly what I mean. I said, uh, if you go on the CDC's website, cdc.gov site, they have a wastewater surveillance data tracker page. The CDC, since the beginning of COVID, since January of 2020, has had 400 water testing sites in 37 major cities. From the beginning, they have been doing something at your water treatment facilities. They say they're looking for COVID, PCR testing your water, but they say they're only testing your poop water, the water that's leaving the city, and that's the only testing the CDC admits they are doing to allow them to predict accurately outbreaks in your town. So to me, I actually started speaking out about my concerns about this wastewater surveillance. Uh, and the number one thing was the CDC has data they've released on everything related to COVID that they've been analyzing from the beginning, except for this. From January until September of 2020, the first 10 months of this pandemic as a whole for the United States of America, they had 37 cities, they had 400 testing sites, they were testing water, They've never released that data. It's confidential and they haven't released it. So I wonder what they're doing or what were they doing to set up this massive amounts of illness around the country. Uh, we all, I am with a group of individuals and doctors who know this is an orchestrated attempt to try to create harm, uh, instill medical tyranny. Uh, the goal was to make a lot of people sick. I actually believe when they went into lockdowns and locked people into their homes, uh, they used this as an opportunity. Absolutely, I'm convinced to target them in their home and keep them sick. And they can do it by actually putting it in your tap water, your shower water. There's a way to get venom peptides into the human body. You can do it orally. You can do it through the eyes, actually. You can picture the spitting cobra. As they spit, they spit into the eyes of their prey. And it goes right into their brain, through the eyes, and will actually create the same neurological symptoms as you get with COVID. So. This is what I propose is that they're doing this in the water. Now, what's interesting is, is Stu Peters was so moved by the fact that I said they're doing this in the water, I believe, 
They're not testing air filters for a virus in any plane, hotel, school, subway. They're not checking in respiratory fil filters. The air filters, they're only looking in water. The truth is when I released this information, the whole world didn't know this is the only way all governments from the UK to Wales, Scotland, France, everywhere, every country around the world, every industrialized nation was actually testing water treatment facilities for your city looking for COVID in the water and then telling you there's going to be an outbreak in your town as supposedly they're checking the water leaving your town, which is sewer water. It doesn't even make any sense. By the time you actually get your test results back, it's five to seven days after they collected the PCR samples. In your sewer water, you're flushing away from the town. They say they use that same data to be able to tell that same city that a week or 10 days later, there's going to be an outbreak of a respiratory virus. I don't buy that for a second. The CDC, our governments around the world, use a substance called lyophilized fluoride. And they put these cartridges into your actual water supply system that goes into your house that you drink that you shower and that you bathe in and this these cartridges drop the white powder called fluoride well snake venom peptides are actually lyophilized powder they look just like it have the same composition i'm convinced they could use these snake venom peptides that they make in factories snake venom peptides i don't want the audiences to get confused they are small proteins. So you have a chain of amino acids for a protein that's big. Then you have these small proteins that are called peptides. Short segments of proteins from snake venom is what they found were actually inside of COVID-19 patients. So how did it get there? Well, we were told it was a respiratory virus that we're breathing in. Those who isolated the spike protein in China and in France, the two spike proteins on this supposed respiratory virus said there was only two snake venoms. The Chinese crate and the Chinese king cobra venom peptides were the spike proteins. But the Italian researchers found 36 different venoms inside the blood, urine, and feces of only the COVID-19 positive patients. And they had symptoms. So the question is, is how did they get 36 different venoms into people? It is true right after the Watch the Water documentary dropped, Stu Peters was so moved about getting, that, that, that I believe they were putting venom and poisoning the water and getting it into patients. This isn't new. These venoms are actually neurotoxins. Guess what fluoride is? A neurotoxin. They have figured out ways and contracted with companies to put neurotoxic poisons in your water. They know how to do it. So they have been doing this for decades. Also, if you haven't watched it yet, about two weeks ago, a documentary dropped called Venom 19. And I take audiences through documents that have been brought to my attention. So watch the water documentary dropped. In this documentary, I show declassified documents from the CIA here in the United States. They had to disclose to our Congress in 1975 that they conducted an experiment and got away with it on innocent American citizens. And what I read to the public and to the audiences is that the CIA told our United States Congress in 1975 that they took King Cobra venom and shellfish venom, conotoxin, and they put it in water and shot it up the water to the water fountains of the FBI headquarters building. They didn't tell any of the FBI employees 
They just allowed them to drink it in the water fountains on every level of a federal building. They poisoned these employees. They ended up in hospitals. They got treated by doctors for their illnesses, including respiratory failure, paralysis, uh, inability to breathe and cough and hypoxia, just like COVID. When they were treated at the hospitals, the doctors never found out what made these people sick. And the CIA tells the Congress here in the United States, uh, we got away with it. The CIA asked them, were you ever found out? And they said, no, no one ever found out what made these people sick and how we targeted them. And they said, well, what did you do with the venom after you put it in there? And they said, uh, actually, you don't have to do anything with the venom. You can just add a chemical to the water. And within two hours, the venom disappears, totally denatured, undetectable. You can actually remove it completely from the water in two hours or less, and you don't have to filter it. And so, this, so, the Congress asked them, what did you use? And they said, you have to saturate the water with a certain part of chlorine. When you do that, it denatures all the venom and makes it disappear. So I propose it's been 50 years since the CIA admitted doing it to our innocent citizens and getting away with it. Uh, that was 50 years ago. They've been manufacturing and weaponizing venoms ever since. They can and have disclosed that these venoms can be like conotoxins, that they can be aerosolized. They can be spread in the air, sprayed out of a can, dropped from airplanes, and they can focus on a population or area and make people sick that way also. And if you have the ability to, to get rid of it within two hours, you can, you can make a pandemic disappear and, Absolutely. and, and reappear. With that in mind, what are your thoughts um, on, on, on monkeypox? Um, that's all we're hearing about here. You know, there's a, a worldwide emergency or whatever. What, what, do you think that's the cover for something? Uh, I think uh, monkey, I don't think anybody should worry about the monkeypox. Just let that go. They're actually redefining what shingles looks like and what shingles is. I actually believe uh, the moment when I read that monkeypox was now spreading throughout Europe and now is in America and it was affecting 90% of people were homosexual males. The moment they started putting that in the media, it was very disgusting to me. I actually know, and I am convinced, and I'm not the only one, that this is a this COVID-19 pandemic is a massive eugenics program. And I have actually showed many, many documents, many, many publications on supporting that narrative that governments around the world are actually singling out groups of people and then targeting them with remdesivir, and Medicare here in the United States that serves as the insurance for the elderly. Medicare is incentivizing all hospitals in America to use remdesivir. And if they use that one drug on all their elderly patients, they will give them a 20% add-on bonus for the whole hospital bill if they're being treated. If you just pick this one drug that causes heart failure, kidney failure, and liver failure, if you'll just pick this one, we'll give you a 20% added bonus on the whole bill. This is a eugenics plan and protocol to massively injure and kill off a bunch of the elderly. Then with the shots, they came after three specific groups of people, indigenous people that for here in the United States would be Native Americans and Eskimos. And then it was blacks and then it was Hispanics in that order. And they just pushed the campaign of vaccines into all those communities and they are specifically targeting them. No singular races by percentage of people are dying more than Native Americans and then blacks and then Hispanics. 
and they continue, our government, the FDA, the CDC, NIH, continues to put in the media and publish articles and lying to them, saying that blacks and Hispanics are the highest hospitalized and dying from COVID percentages of people's period. So come get your vaccines. This is who they're targeting. This next thing, monkeypox, the moment I read it, and when they wanted to blame it on homosexual males, who were the only transmitters for the 95% of all of them, I then realized this is who they're going after next. And it's no different to me than the great lies they told about HIV and AIDS, which was this is primarily affecting African-Americans and, and uh, homosexuals, and we're going to target them and get all of them tested, and then we're going to give them AZT, this drug, and then a promise of an AIDS vaccine. No, they used those drugs to kill 11 million innocent people, AZT, which was the drug that caused the disease process and accelerated the disease process and ended the lives of those they declared developed AIDS. To me, this is no different. You have this invisible virus called COVID-19. They have these solutions called the vaccines. And then these vaccines, supposedly, they are creating these massive clots and side effects. One of the published side effects are shingles and urticaria, rashes all over the body, which can include these pox-like symptoms, smallpox, monkeypox, chickenpox, shingles are herpes zoster, which is a pox-like virus also. So this can all be blamed on some specific demographic. In my opinion, it is a flat-out assault on the gay community, not unlike what they did 30 to 40 years ago with AIDS and HIV. Please do not trust the narrative. Almost every image you're seeing about monkeypox or of monkeypox is a actual republished photo of shingles. And we know this is a, a published side effect of the COVID-19 vaccines. Please, please do not trust any narrative where they are pushing a vaccine, especially a new vaccine, uh, for any new thing coming out whatsoever. In fact, I wouldn't even trust the vaccine schedules ever again. And in fact, I want to share something with you I was very excited about. Very, very few things have gotten me excited that I was thrilled about. I was super concerned when the FDA here in America last month actually approved all children zero to four in America could get the COVID-19 shots, Pfizer, three of them to be considered vaccinated. I mean, I was furious. I was depressed and upset. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it just appears that they don't care, obviously, about anybody or any child. And I have five, and I took it very personal that I've tried to protect my own children. Well, I want you to know, I read an article two days ago that I've been super thrilled about. It was on a platform called KFF Online, but they actually published that the, the zero to four-year-old children's COVID-19 shots, that that actual rollout's only been happening for two weeks at this point, <laughs> and that it's already peaked. The distribution of those shots has already peaked in two weeks was the title of the article. And I was like, what? <gasps> How many parents did this, right? I was like, oh, my God, they all got vaccinated in two weeks? Or I wanted to know, what is it? What is it? You, you mean it peaked and then it's tailing off now. I was so excited. I cannot tell you how excited I was. Please, those being told to be worried about monkeypox in the gay community, do not believe this thing about the monkeypox. They are targeting you, just like they're targeting the blacks and Hispanics with all their lies about COVID. I'm, I'm telling you, please do not trust that narrative whatsoever. You do not need to be afraid of monkeypox, by the way. There is an extract from a plant called the purple pitcher plant. And zinc in combination 
for millennia are known to cure all pox virus diseases, including monkeypox. Purple, pitcher, plant, extract, and zinc. So please don't worry about that. Magic. At all, whatsoever. Thank you so much, Dr. Ardis, for, for talking to us, and thanks for everything that you're doing. And, and as you mentioned, you know, that, that uptake peaking in two weeks and then tailing off, that is amazing. Um, and, um, oh, I want to tell you the numbers. In, in no Let me tell you the fact. numbers. Yeah, go on, go on, sorry. Let me tell you the numbers. It's, it's 540,000 children in the age range zero to four got the shots, and now it's tailing off. I just want you to know there's 19.7 million children in America that are zero to four. And it's already peaked getting the vaccinations at 540,000. That's only 2.7% of all of those children. And I was so excited that so many parents have not wanted to get their kids these shots. Hopefully the messages we're trying to get out there are working. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's two point whatever percent too high, obviously, but, but, it, but it could have been so much higher. So that's amazing. And as I was going to say, that's in no, no small part down to people like yourself. So we really appreciate that, Dr. Ardis, and I appreciate you coming back on the show, mate. You are very welcome. Well, we love your audiences and God bless. Hello, I'm Jamie Icke, CEO and founder of Iconic. People regularly ask me, why do we charge for our services? Well, the answer is simple. The ambition here is to build the biggest independent media platform in the world with the highest production standards. We recently introduced a brand new $7.99 pricing plan to make Iconic affordable for all. For just a couple of cups of coffee a month, you can access the world's premier media source. Take out a seven day free trial today and come and see what Iconic has to offer.